0: well good morning everyone i 'm um, Michelle. I just want to welcome you to thank you Tyler mm, what a servant. Uh, I just want to welcome you to Jesus Church this morning and I have number one um, I know we mentioned this last week, but thank you again in case you weren 't here last week for everyone who came out and supported the spaghetti dinner. Um, it was awesome. It was a huge turnout It was lot i mean we just made so much um, money, not to talk about money, but we are raising money to get there, you know, to get to, to the other side of the planet. And you guys were just awesome in your faithfulness and your generosity, and it's really appreciated. We have another opportunity to serve you in our fundraising uh, efforts this coming Friday night. Uh, this is Valentine's weekend, and so we thought that we would offer to Uh, entertain all of the kids here this uh, Friday night at 5.30 for three hours. We'll play games with them. We'll have pizza. We'll, I don't know, maybe do a craft, something like that. But the team going to Africa will be here to serve and watch the kids for a donation. There's info out in the cafe area on the tables that you can get about that. But yeah, this Friday night right here over in the kids' room, 5.30 to 8.30. It can kind of be like a come and go type, but you can... Definitely access all three hours if you want to. So, anyway, um, that's the end of the announcements, right? Okay.
1: Cool, cool, cool. Um, so, yeah, how's everyone doing? Good? Um, I was thinking, like, I always tell Taya this, like, there is a state that's Florida. Like, there's a, it's out there, and we live where... Our face hurts when we go outside. I tell her this all the time, and I'm not bitter about it because the Lord's called us here. But I'm like, there is a place with palm trees, and it's sunny. You know, Dina was just down there, and she knows. She's seen it, yeah. So, and she came right, right back in the middle of the snowstorm. So that was awesome, right? I was thinking when we were singing, um, I Surrender All, we should have just got up and did an altar call because that's what most time that's when you do your altar call is I Surrender All. Um, what I want to kind of start with today is a couple weeks ago, I had you guys um I talked about eldership and how Jesus Church is set up and governed um and uh yeah I'm just going to appoint appoint the elders so I had you guys kind of write down some names of people that you felt were um, elder material and that you trusted to oversee and to shepherd your heart and your soul um which was super ho- which is super awesome. I really appreciate it just kind of i mean it just helps me get an idea i mean I've been praying about it for 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 months, um, me and Tay have been talking about it. I've been talking about it with Shane and Andreas, um, our oversight board, and just kind of, you know, here's the people I'm thinking of, and then you guys just kind of with your names and with the people that you you said that you trusted and things. It just helped me to, kind of affirm. I mean, you guys picked who I who I was already praying about, so it just helps me affirm that I'm making the right decision. Um, but like I said, so we're just gonna we're gonna pray over them and set them in. Um, as elders of the church, if that's okay, um, the way that I want to do this is just we're going to lay hands on them. Anyone else that wants to come up and lay hands on them, we'll pray for them. Um, if you don't want to, just stretch your hand out and pray over them. If you get something specific for them, um, yeah, just maybe share it with them at the end. Don't don't leave without without sharing it with them. Um, but like I said, I wanna I wanna read this really quick. Go to Second uh, Peter. Hmm. But like I said, there is a an elder. A lot of times, a, a church is set up with. Um, I'm at First Peter. A lot of times, a church is set up as this is this will be the the governing board of the church. Um, but the the way that I believe, the way that I believe it it should be done, in the way that I'm going to do it, um, is that the elder board helps me run and make the decisions financially, everything in the church also. Um, a lot of times people will have an outside board that does that, and that's, that's perfectly fine. But I want the people that are doing ministry with me and, and that are shepherding the people and encouraging the people with me, um, I want them to be able to make the decisions with me also. Does that make sense? Um, I, believe, I believe you run business however you want to run business, but I believe church needs to be run by people that are um, giving their lives to, to shepherd and minister um does that make sense so the way that this is set up our elder board will be the governing board of the church um and then we have a oversight board with Andreas and 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 Shane right now as they are they more for me to just to to encourage me to I can bounce ideas off of I can come to them with with issues or things that they that they can help me with and then if there's ever an issue with me then my elders can go to them and step in and they can remove me does that make sense so it 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 protects you guys as, a, as an, like a, for lack of a better term, as an umbrella over top to where, because as a pastor, you're the leader among equals, right? We, we're all shepherd the, the, the church, but I'm the leader among equals. Does that make sense? Just like the husband submits, his, submits what he's going to do to the wife, but ultimately he's the one that makes the final decision. That's the same way that the, ch- the church is set up. So with elders, it's they are submitted to me, but we are all submitted to each other. It's mutual submission. Does that make sense? But if there's ever an issue with me as the leader, leader, they can stay, they can appeal to Andreas and and Shane, and they'll step in and, and handle the situation. But um, if I'm honest, we we lead the way the way that I set up Jesus Church and the way that we do things is very relational. So it's it's not a hierarchy. It's very relational, and you can see that. So. Um, it's just, before we ever get there, it would be, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There would be a lot of things that would have to happen before we ever got there. And that's why it's awesome, and I love that. So, um, so this is what I wanted to, to say. First Peter chapter 5. Um, this, is, this is Peter exhorting the elders of the church. Um, verse 1, it says, The elders who are among you I exhort. I, who am a fellow elder, right? Peter is a fellow, fellow elder in the church and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. He's saying, this is what he's exhorting them. He's saying, shepherd the flock of God, which is among you. So an elder is a shepherd. That's why I said I want you guys to, to, to come up with ideas or people that you trust to shepherd your heart. A shepherd is the same thing as a pastor, right? They're, they're interchangeable in scripture, because they're overseeing the flock of God. So a shepherd, he's saying, shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you. Right? We never lord over or lead from a place of, of authority, but it says, be, but being examples to the flock. So you're leading from a place of being an example, right? Amen, right, Valor. You're leading as from being a place of, of you're not lording over them. And that's why Jesus, is, he shows the perfect example of what leadership looks like. That's why he says the Gentiles or people that don't know God, they lead from a place of being lords. Like, okay, I have a position now. That gives me the authority to now rule or, or lead or whatever. That's not the way that the church sets up. Right? And that's not the way that elders and shepherds are supposed to lead. They're supposed to lead from a place of they are servants helping and leading, right They're shepherding like that's why he says, you're not doing it from compulsion. you're not doing it because you have to and you're not doing it for dishonest gain. You're doing it because you willingly want to. And that's why I said, I want you guys to help me sh- and, and, and kind of share your heart on who you think is because those people are already shepherding. That's why you trust them, right? You trust them and to write their name that you already sh- you're already, believing and entrusting your soul and your heart to be shepherded and led and talked talk to and encouraged by these people. Does that make sense? So it's something that we have to see that as the only reason that you have authority is because you're already a servant, right? The only reason that God gives you and trusts you with people is because you're serving people. God will never, God will never uh, raise somebody to the top that's not a servant, right? I, I love Shane, he always says it perfectly. He's like, if serving is beneath you, then leadership's beyond you right? If serving's beneath you, then leadership is beyond you. Because a true leader is a servant, is a humble servant. That's what Jesus showed you. He says, it, Jesus shows us perfectly in what leadership looks like in, in washing the disciples' feet, right? He, everything's his. He's, he's, he's the man, right? he says literally, He says he knew what hit, like where he was from, right? He knew that he was from God going to God and that all things had been given into his hands, so he girded himself and washed the disciples' feet. That's a beautiful picture of what leadership looks like. So he's saying right here, Peter is like, don't be lords over them and don't be lords over the ones entrusted to you. So Jesus has entrusted people in Jesus' church to be led and shepherded by, the, by, by elders. Does that make sense? Like you guys are, entr- we, we've been entrusted to shepherd you guys well. And it's funny because the very next thing he says, and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of glory that does not fade away, right? Because ultimately all leadership has to come and be, you have to be a good follower of Jesus because he is the chief shepherd, right? Jared always laughs about it. He's like, when we make like, uh, what are those called? Um, Like flow charts, what are those called? called? What are they called? like an organizational, like hierarchy. Have you ever seen those? It's like people never put Jesus at the top. He's like, he's always at the top. We have to put him as number one. Then it's the pastors, elders, and then it goes down. He's like, but if you don't realize that Jesus is the chief shepherd shepherding the flock, then you're gonna try to shepherd it for the way that you think you're supposed to instead of doing it the way that he wants you to. Does that make sense? So this is why, this is why it's very important and, and eldership is not something that is, um, it's not taken lightly. It's really not taken lightly. And that's why, I mean, I've spent months, I've spent months praying about it and making sure that I'm making the right decision because it's, it all, it all hangs on leadership. It always does. Um, So is there any questions before we, before we pray over these people? All right, cool. So Jared, Tyler, Michelle, you guys want to come up here? Were you about to, I thought Lauren was about to clap, but she took a drink. <clears throat> um, do you have that microphone? Is it bothering you? Um, so I want each of them to just... Sh- Maybe I, we should pray first. We'll pray first. Um, but yeah, so we're just going to... We're going to pray and believe that... Um, that man, God's really going to help us to to lead and to, to really um, shepherd his flock well. I believe that one of the things... One of the things that was pushing me so hard in this is I felt we were at a place to where we needed a leadership understanding that you guys can see the people that you that you trust and can come to, right? That it's not it wasn't just me and Taya, but I have people around me that can help me shepherd, help me disciple, help me help me encourage people. Um you know, it's we're not a couple people in a basement anymore. So um, I'm really, I'm really grateful that we're at this place. I'm grateful that these guys have already put themselves in the place to where they're they're already elders, elder material and they were already living a life worthy of an elder. And um, it's awesome to see. I mean, it's awesome to see that you guys just confirmed the people that I that I was believing in and already praying about. So, um, so yeah, we're gonna pray over them. And then if anyone wants to come up, you guys can lay hands on them. Um, if not, I just want you to stretch your hand out. So if you want to come up, come up.
2: Yeah, father I'm just so grateful for these three people that we have in our in our family here thank you for their humility thank you that they really understand who you are uh, and the father that you are thank you that you've given them the wisdom to lead people to lead people like um, a father would do because they really really know you you um, And I just pray over them that they will uh, just continually hear from you um, on our behalf as um, a church body father and on their own. And Lord, I also pray for their families. I just bless their families, bless their marriages. um, And thank you that they're willing to uh, give a part of their life to Jesus church and to the people that we have here father so just thank you for their uh, generosity and thank you that we're not doing this on our own mm-hmm. and yeah that they just really represent you Jesus I just bless them bless their ministry as elders and yeah just keep them humble and teachable yeah. like all of us
1: Father, we just thank you right now that, um, man, that, Lord, you, you trust these three, um, and you trust us, Matea and I also, Lord, that, that we are, have been entrusted with true riches. Um, God, we just thank you for just continuing to speak to us. Father, I pray that you just keep us in a place of selfless um, love and pursuit of you and pursuit of people. Lord, I just pray that, like Taya said, that you keep us in a place of humility, Lord, to receive from you and lead and shepherd the way that you called us to. God, I pray that, um, I just pray supernatural, just wisdom over, over everyone in this in this group, Lord, um, that we will be able to hear and to lead and to um, uh, solve problems and situations and things that may arise, Lord, that we have just... Uh, uh, a clear ear to hear the Holy Spirit and to um, just be established in just the wisdom of the word and Lord that we can lead and build and and grow and shepherd the way that you've called us to Um, and and we build something that's important and we build something that is lasting and it's fruitful in your eyes and in your sight Lord Um, we just thank you that you are the chief shepherd over us Father and uh, we just submit to you, Jesus, and your leadership. And we thank you that, man, that we that we are going to be, and uh, we are going to continue to be good followers of you, and followers of your heart, followers of your of your love for people. So, Lord, just thank you. And then we just establish them and set them in right now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, you wanna give them a hand? <clears throat> going to preach. So, um, I asked each of these guys, you guys want, do you want to stand? You guys can sit down. Michelle can start. You want to start? Um, I asked them just to share a little bit of their heart. Um, I felt like they had some specific things. Um, and like I said, if you have any questions, any questions about how this is set up, any questions about how it's going to be run. Um, what I felt when I was praying right there is I just felt like a settling and an establishment in this house. Um, And just a place of, like, with this elder. Did you feel that too? Um, Did anyone else feel that? Okay, maybe just me and Michelle. Um, A establishment and a settlement. And then in this group that there's just a place of trust. And, um, yeah, like, uh, uh, the best way I can explain it was like an interlocking of pieces coming together. And then there's a place of, like, security in that place. Um, So what I felt was just when we when we just did that right there we just established something um in this house and in this place that is a um yeah it's just it's just going to be awesome man it's just like it's like a it's like a a, a young kid having an established house and an established routine and established mom and dad that's just like they know that they can be that they are I can grow up in this place and know what i'm going to expect does that make sense um, so it's going to be good, so I'm going to let Michelle share a minute, and then you get one minute, start the clock, and <laughs> we get one, no, we're going to share um, as much as you want, and then Tyler, and then Jerry's going to share, okay, so you can just hand the mic to them. All right. Sounds
0: good. Um, no, I'm super honored to have this uh, position. I am, like, emotional today, too, but um, for some reason, and I'm not sad, I'm, like, really excited, and I'm, I think that my heart has just been full of like a lot of vision lately. I had the opportunity to um to just share some of that with Alisa. I don't she was right here. No, I don't see her for a second. Is she still here? No. <laughs> but anyways, just to share some of that with her Friday night and it just reignited some things that God's had in my heart. And I just this morning when I was just taking a couple minutes and praying before I came, because I knew we were gonna do this. And when we were singing the I Surrender All song this morning, like, I felt like the Holy Spirit just gave me this really beautiful picture. And I don't think it was just for me, I think it's for everyone. And um, Hayden's here today. (laughs) I just saw you, (laughs) that's awesome. Anyway, I felt like I saw, I had this picture, and if you have grown up in the church or been around the church for any length of time, you've probably, like Dylan said, you've heard the I Surrender All as an altar call song. If you've grown up with a super sincere heart or any type of um, you know, legalism in your life, you've probably spent a long time singing those songs like searching every nook and cranny of your heart to see if there was anything that you possibly might not have surrendered that you needed to go forward to surrender. And I felt a little, even though I've had so much freedom in the area, I felt this little bit of, like, like, I'm, like, Lord, am I? Maybe? Not, you know, all the, and I had a feeling of, like, yes, I am surrendering, and I almost had a picture of me, like, being, like, opening up a door to a totally pitch black room, and, like, being blindfolded, and, like, I surrender, like walking like that, you know, like, okay, I'm gonna do this because this is right, and I know that this is what I need to do, but I'm like nervousy and I don't really I'm like dragging my feet to go in. And it's just like the Holy Spirit gave me this picture and I felt like share it, like share it now. It was like the Holy Spirit was just like beaming, smiling, and standing in front of me in the dark room and pulling my taking my hand and like pulling the blindfold off. And it's like I just felt when I was singing that, like, I could just put my hands up and say, Holy Spirit, help me. (laughs) Instead of me searching every nook and cranny of my heart, how about just you just help me. Help me surrender every little thing to you. I don't want anything that isn't from you. Like Dylan was given the beautiful picture of Hosea and Gomer, just like, help me see clear so that I, because I don't want to. And he's happy to do that. (laughs) You know, he's happy to do that. He's not looking at our mistakes or whatever, whatever whatever the enemy wants to put in us that's really just based in fear. You know, it's just based in fear. Like, I want to do what you say, but I'm nervous about who you are. No, like, just pull it off. So I wanted to encourage you with that picture that if you're here today, you're surrendering. (laughs) All you have to do is just ask the Holy Spirit to help you, and uh, it's not a scary thing. Perfect love casts out all the fear, and he's perfect love. And it just really goes along with the scripture. I felt like the Lord put on my heart this morning, um, just in my own time with him. And it's from Ephesians, the first chapter. It's just beautiful, beautiful prayer that Paul prays. I'm not going to read the whole thing, because these are the the verses that really just jumped out to me. But it's just starting in verse 18. He says, I pray that the knowledge, whoops, I'm sorry. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. And I just, you know, I was just kind of playing the, what do they call it, like Bible roulette this morning, just kind of opening up the Bible and looking around, and I felt drawn to the book of Ephesians. And then I just saw that word, I have it underlined in my Bible, his calling. And knowing what what you were all going to be praying over me this morning and what this honor is, it's that I pray that the eyes of my heart, Lord, will be enlightened so that I'll know what is the hope of your calling. I pray that for every, I pray that this position of leadership, that I am able to be used by the Holy Spirit to impart that to everybody I come into contact with that the eyes I'll be instrumental in helping the eyes of everyone's heart to be, and along with mine, our hearts to be enlightened so that we'll know what the hope of his calling is in every single area of life, in our community, in this church, in our marriages, in our families, in our places of business, everywhere we go, that we're going to carry the hope of his calling on us. And what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe? And that word just jumped out at me too. What is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us? That's me. That's all of us who believe. Not who live right. Not who do everything perfectly. Not who make good don't yell at the dog and don't, you know, um, you know, cut somebody off in traffic and then like, Lord, what did I just do? <laughs> Not, it just It's his greatness and his power is towards us who believe. You're believers. That's why you're here today, because you're a believer. His power is towards you and his Holy Spirit is to open up our eyes and to help us to see what our calling is. And so that's my uh, word of encouragement. And um, yeah, thank you for your trust. It's humbling.
3: It's on. Yeah, that was beautiful, Michelle. Golly, I can partner with that all day long. That was so good. That's exactly where where my heart is as well. Is uh, yeah, just just very very humble to uh, get the opportunity to do life with you guys. Um, I grew up in a church where I just didn't like. It wasn't that I didn't feel like we were, we weren't family, but I felt like we weren't doing life together. Which I think we all have experienced family members that you just don't do life with and. Um, I feel like at this church, we do life together. We are available, um, but we're not perfect. Um, I don't think Dylan picked any of us because he thought we were perfect. I think he picked us because we remain humble. And it's, it's humble to say that, to say that we are all growing. We are all maturing. We are all coming to an enlightenment um, about who Jesus is. And, uh, yeah, that's just what's on my heart is that um, when it comes to myself and, and my wife as well, we're doing this together. Um, I'm somebody that if you come up and approach me, you're not going to get much else than go be with Jesus. Um, I like to look at myself as somebody that will encourage you to get out of my face and go be in his face, but it's going to be in the most loving way possible because I know that he's the one that changes and transforms lives. You know, the Bible says that Um, Some sow, some water, but He brings the increase. So, and you're coming to if you if you were to come to me and want a little bit of guidance or help, you want increase ultimately, and and I know that that's where you're gonna find what it is that you're looking for. Now, I'm gonna love you to the best of my ability. Jesus put Himself on the inside of me so that I could love you like He did. But at the end of the day, I would never think to myself to being your source to being your, uh, your God, your Lord, as Dylan was just talking about, but, but your brother, your friend. And uh, the, the, the door is just always, always open to me, but the, I know the door is always going to be open um, from Jesus to you. Amen. Um, I just had it in my heart real quick. Colossians 1. I'll just start in 21, but I want to end in 23. It says, and you, all of us who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, blameless, and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of, of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven in which I, Paul, became a minister. Man, that's such a blessing. Um, yeah, when it comes to my life and, and, and encouraging people, uh, this is often what I do is I encourage people with who you truly are and not to be moved away because struggles or, or, or opposing thoughts of the word or um, hard times come. Like I said, this is the first time I found a family that like sticks together and it's beautiful because I can feel it in my heart. I can feel that like I'm in this with you guys 100% and I'm available. And the only thing that I'm gonna encourage you to do is stay here, is to stay in faith, stay grounded, pursue Jesus. I promise you, I've pursued so much stuff so many things other than Jesus, and I think we can all attest to, yeah, man, it just did not, it didn't suit me well, but Jesus is going to suit all of us really, really well, and so I'm super, super, super excited to to do this life with you, being an elder, I mean, I didn't even, I used to think back in the day elders were old people, I'm serious, I think we all at some point thought, like, I had to be over 95, what, yeah, no, I know, I just thought, I hope nobody's un- over 95 because then you feel like you're old, but I just said 95 because I thought it'd be better. 103. I thought I'd be 103 to be an elder, but no, I'm just so, so excited to, to do this with you and, uh, yeah, and excited and, uh, yeah, really, really encouraged and thankful for, for all you guys, and, uh, yeah, let's let's continue to pursue Jesus, amen.
4: Y'all said all the good stuff already, man. I don't know what else to say. I couldn't agree more, though, with what Tyler and Michelle are saying. Um, It is you feel very humble and just, I don't know, not unqualified, but like, man, Father, I'm so thankful that you put this inside of me and able to do this because you love the people that are here. You know, you're so much more focused on others than you are on yourself. And that's what I was, I was just kind of experiencing while you were talking, while you were talking, man, God really cares about you guys a lot. And I think if we don't take a perspective different than that, we'll be just okay. Um, I wanted just to kind of speak into what Dylan was talking about initially, though. I really just feel through just what just occurred, a lot of settling happening. Um, Yeah, that God's just, he's establishing something for that expansion to come. Dylan, that we've talked about, um, the people to come and and uphold the vision of what God's doing with Jesus Jesus Church. And so I'm excited for that. That's going to be really, really good. Um, just for me, I don't know, I, I was talking to Tyler, Tyler about this, but I just really, I really feel in my heart the conviction of just constantly pursuing what love looks like for other people because love doesn't seek its own. And I'm like, okay, Father, that looks like giving yourself for the sake of somebody else and not, not your own benefit. And I want that to be my, my conviction every single day, even amidst just being an elder and a leader is just giving myself for the sake of you guys, praying for you guys, um, just upholding what is true for you guys, calling that out of who, who we are as a family, as a body, because like we've talked about before, your strength is my strength, your weakness is my weakness. And so if I see that, if I see that we're a body and we're connected, take the role very, very seriously of where we're at, right? um and so i just i, I want to stand with that conviction and just say man i want to i want to know what love looks like what would jesus do as the chief shepherd the chief elder the chief overseer what would he do in this situation and i guess just from my perspective and and toward you guys is always like tyler said pointing you to him pointing you to what he says is true about you pointing you to the word not just pointing you to me and just like tyler said the source is me it's it's him it's it's all about him Always going to him, saying, "Hey, what is Jesus saying? What does the Word say about this?" Like, I understand you might be feeling something. I understand it might seem this way, but what does the Word say? What is what is Jesus saying right now? Because that's what's going to matter ultimately. And if He was here, He'd do the exact same thing. So, yeah, I just I want to I want to stand with that. I Had this scripture um, come, and then I'll be done. Let Dylan let Dylan, uh, explode on us. But uh, this is in First or Second Thessalonians one, verse eleven. It says, uh, it says, therefore, we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. man." Like Dylan was talking about, we're, we're leaders among, among equals and always seeing that exactly what he's saying. He's praying for you and seeing that you're worthy enough for this calling to be true of who you are. It's not, it's, it's not like it's never going to be reflected and pointed at us. It's always about the church body and the people that are around us. And I think that's so, so huge. Um, and that, that last part there, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him always pointing to what is true about you and what's inside of you, praying always for you in that regard. Father, let what's true about them, the Christ that's in them be glorified and be revealed in their workplace, in their family, whenever they go out into the world, all of it in the name of Jesus, you know? So that's what I have. I'm extremely humbled and thankful you guys for for what God's doing. So thank you all.
1: For me, about the soul, anything. My thing is messed up. There we go. Um. No questions at all. All right. Um, one of the one more thing I wanted to say is just like with with a defined, like Jared said, the settling, with a defined leadership, um, eldership, you have these overseers. You can trust that, like, okay, you know, Bailey comes to me and says, hey, you know, Simon is eating Cheetos every night, won't stop, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Whatever. Simon has an issue. Um, Like, I'm going to discuss it with the people that we've been, that you guys have been entrusted with, that we come up with a decision, and it won't be me talking to everybody else about it or them she her talking to everybody else about it right or on hill comes and says something about simon i'm going to say i'm going to ask that you don't say that to anybody else um and then me and the elders will take care of the situation will the best that we know and we'll we'll uh we'll seek jesus on how to handle the situation so it'll just give some um confidentiality and just trust in you guys just knowing that this is how it's going to be handled every time does that make sense is that cool for everybody um so that's why you can you can trust that like all right you come to Jared it's not going to get shared with everybody right because he's been in, he's been entrusted um he's been entrusted with people's hearts and their souls right and it will just be it'll stay in in the people that are leading leading this thing um so yeah it just that's just that's just good that's just good leadership and good church uh discipline i guess is is, is the word you want to say so is there any questions on that? All right, cool. Um, We uh, look at 2 Timothy, verse 1. Man, I have a lot. I have a little on my heart, because I don't have a lot of time. But one of the things I've kind of been stirred in and um, really kind of challenged in my heart is, I asked Taya this the other night, but it was like, do you guys think sharing, in regards to sharing Jesus with people, and, and I'm going to go, it's not all about that, but I'm going to go from there, is sharing Jesus with people, do you think one of the difficulties, the reason why we have a hard time sharing Jesus with people is most of the time we, we're bringing a truth, a lifestyle, um, a doctrine or um, a, a, a thought process to them instead of a person. Think about that. Because I, I, I've had this thought that, okay, when I'm sharing with somebody about Jesus, I'm sharing about Jesus with somebody. Does that make sense? I'm, I'm going to tell them the way, okay, so now this person who is living this kind of a lifestyle or, or doing this kind of a thing I'm going to bring a set of, not even rules, but a way that they're supposed to live and a thing that they're supposed to believe in and a doctrine that they're supposed to accept and receive, and they're going to become like me or like everybody else in this church. Or am I bringing an encounter with a person called Jesus? Because I believe that the problem is, is when we do that, we... What we think is we want them to believe and, 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 and stand on the word and, re, and receive the truth like we've received the truth instead of encountering the person like we've encountered the person. Does that make sense? We're, we're bringing them doctrine or we're bringing somebody doctrine or bringing somebody truth, which I'm all for good doctrine and, all, and good truth, right? But if that doesn't take you to an encounter or, or an experience with Jesus, a relationship with Jesus, then doctrine is not helpful, right? If I come and I've fallen in love with somebody and they've healed my body, they've set me free, and I walk with them every day, it wouldn't be very hard for me to share that with somebody, right? But if I have a, if I have a thought process of, well, I go to church on Sunday, I believe in Jesus, I pray to Jesus, I walk with Jesus, but it's not a personal relationship with him, I'm gonna have a hard time sharing him. How I many of you guys have felt bad about not sharing Jesus with people? Right, we all have. And a lot of times it's because we are trying to get this person work. And I remember asking, telling the Lord this. I'm like, Lord, the people that I know that don't believe in you, I don't really think that they're gonna, like, I'm pretty sure that they're good. Like, they don't, they don't want anything to do with it, is what I'm saying, when, it, when it's all said and done because I'm thinking that they have to accept this ideology instead of encountering a person Jesus right when I'm sitting in a when I'm sitting in a, a conversation with somebody if I bring them an encounter with a person Jesus because you've encountered the person Jesus and what he's done and when you walk with him when you live with him when your relationship is an ongoing encounter with Jesus, then when you bring him to, you're not worried whether or not they're going to accept this ideology or this idea. They're encountering love manifested. Does that make sense? So think about what evangelism would look like or what, what sharing Jesus would look like. Because we all talk about it all the time, but I think that we need to, and not even just in, and this is what I mean by, not even just in the evangelism aspect of it, but in our own personal relationships and our own life with Jesus. What is eternal life? We know it's to know him, but it's to actually know him. That word is to encounter and to experience, right? So look at, go for, before we do this, go to John chapter 17. I've preached on this so many times, but it's, I think it's crucial because this is why, is I believe a lot of times, we have more faith in our ability to believe the right thing or our ability to believe in the gospel, and that's what's going to sustain us instead of a relationship with Jesus. Does that make sense because i I remember like and this is why I remember the Lord would be like Dylan, why do you feel like you're good right now, but somewhere down the line it might not it might not be good in the future, or you might not be as as bold, or you might not be as in love with me, or you might not be as hungry for the word. Has anyone ever thought that, that like you're, you might be good right now, but down the road, you might not believe, you might not be where you're at right now. Has anyone ever thought that? What we're doing is we're believing in our ability to believe in, in truth, right? We're saying, well, I've put my faith in the gospel. I have put my faith in the truth. I have put my faith in the word, and you're believing in your ability to sustain you. And the Lord was just encouraging me. He's like, Dylan, when you, when you encounter me and when you give yourself to me, you're giving yourself to me, and I'm sustaining you, right? It's, an, it's a relation. I don't have a worry that one way down the future, I might not be with Taya because I've given myself to a person. Does that make sense? And I live with her every day. I don't, I'm not worried that my, what I'm doing is not, gonna be, is not going to sustain me in the long run. Does that make sense? So like John 17, when Jesus says, verse 3, and this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. That word know is the word "gnosis" in the Greek, something like that. I, don't, I, I didn't know if there's any Greek scholars in here. That's gynosko. There's a G-N-I-S-K-O, gynosko, however you want to say it. I'm going to say gnosko, um, but it is the same, it's the same Greek word that when a husband and wife know each other and then they bring forth a son, right? It's a relationship, and what I want us, what I want us to see, what I want us to see is I don't want us to settle for good doctrine, and I don't want us to settle for just truth. I want us to have a personal relationship with Jesus. And I say this all the time, but I want us to be settled in this reality. Because look at this. Go to to 2 Timothy. This is what the Lord encouraged me with. He's like, Dylan, he's like, it's not about whether you you can sustain yourself or not. It's about who you've entrusted yourself to. So look at 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 12. Paul's talking about him suffering for the for the gospel, him being in chains, all these things. And he says, "For this reason I also suffer these things." Right? He's talking about him preaching, he's suffering these things in verse 12, I'm sorry. Um, "For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. Why? For I know whom" I have believed, and am persuaded that He is able to keep what I have committed to Him until that day. Right. So Paul's confidence, Paul's confidence in his Christian life was he know he knew who he had believed. Right. He didn't know who he had believed in, what he had believed in, except in Christianity. He knew that he had entrusted his faith in his life to a person called Jesus. Right? And he was confident that he was able to complete it or to um, protect it until that day. Because I think that, like Hebrews talks about, he's like, you have need of endurance. What does endurance mean in the Christian life? Keep going. Right? Keep going. Be, be, not lose heart. right, Not to wear out. Not to burn out. We have need of endurance. Why would you need endurance in the Christian life? Right? Because things are trying to stop you. Because you're going to face obstacles. It's funny because the writer of Hebrews is literally like, you have need of endurance. You have need of endurance. That's what you need in the Christian life. Because I think a lot of times we think we need all these other things, but endurance comes from Him. Right? We don't need all these other things. We just need to stay fast in what we've been, in, who we've entrusted our heart to. And that's why it's like, when I faced opposition, when I faced attacks or, or, is this when you're leaving, Anne? Because you're, she told me before, I'm leaving at 11.30. I'm not offended. I'm, I'm just leaving at 11.30. <laughs> I was like, you need to slap the pew like, I'm out of here. <laughs> See ya. Sorry. Right? Paul understood that he's getting beat, stoned, thrown in jail, in prison, everywhere he's going, but he's confident and he's not ashamed because he understands whom he has believed. So when I've faced oppositions or trials or persecutions or attacks of the enemy, what I need is that I need an encounter with Jesus. I need an encounter with the word of God. I need an encounter that I know Jesus, when, when I get in that situation, I know he's going to show up. You understand? I remember there was a time, and I've shared it a couple times, is when I went through a huge attack in my mind in the mid- like it was just relentless, exhausting attack in my mind. I remember, and I was just thinking about it yesterday, I'm so grateful that I went through it, cause I I couldn't even imagine to you, I can't even explain to you how bad it was, but I'm so thankful I went through it, because there was one night, I remember, I was, I, I was sleeping, and I mean, I woke up from a dead sleep, and it literally felt like the Lord was standing in my room, and however you, I mean, I don't care really what you think, that's what happened, because um, I feel like I could get in trouble for this, but like, I felt like the, I felt like like that, like I woke up because he was standing in the room. He says, Dylan, in Mark chapter 7, I just read it. Mark chapter 7, he says, all these, because I was getting attacked in my mind with with um, just a ton of like sexual perversion going through my head all the time, nonstop. And I'm like sitting in this place and the Lord says, Dylan, all these, and I knew the scriptures, it says, um, like fornication, adultery, murders, blasphemies, blasphemies um, all these things come from the heart of a man. And he's like, He says it, he's like, all these things come from the heart of a man, and he paused, and he says, but your heart is pure, so how can they come from you? And I just remember, I'm like, it just, and not that I didn't have to go through it still, not that the thoughts all stopped, because we think that, I always say, we think that freedom is when the thoughts stop, but freedom is when you stop believing them, right? We think that freedom is when the temptation stops, freedom is when you stop believing the temptation's you, right? Right? That's when you're free, when you believe that you're, that's not who you are anymore, right? It doesn't matter if, you're, if, if people struggle with addiction, that, that thought is going to come because it's just going to knock on your door to see if you're home all the time. And what we do is we believe, okay, well, I had the thought or I had the temptation. Well, that must be me. And then we sell out our identity or we sell cheap. And then we believe that that's who we are. And then we continue to live in this cycle, right? And then we make the mistake or we believe that that's who we are. Then the thought keeps coming or the temptation keeps coming. And now we're caught in this cycle. And it's just reaffirming a bad identity the whole time. When all we have to do is believe the truth and believe what he says, that when we stand in that place, when the thing knocks, you're like, oh, I'm sorry, you don't live here anymore. And you slam the door in its face, right? Because of what you believe, because of what you've become, right? So when I get caught in a, when I get caught in a situation or a, or a trial or a struggle or a problem, I'm going to sit in that place and I need him. I don't need, I don't need all these other things. I don't need prayer. I need Jesus and I need to know him. So now when I come out of that, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, Lord, I was in a really, really tough spot, and I was really in a really, really rough place, and I was being attacked probably, for, I mean, I not, not probably, I was 100% being attacked because of what I was doing for him, not because of anything I've done, right? I'm not trying to figure out where I opened the door. I'm, it was literally, I can't remember when it was. I wish I wrote it down. I probably did write it down. Man, when was that? It was probably, so I planted the church in March. It was probably somewhere April, May, June, July, somewhere right in there. So like, you know what I'm saying? Like, look around. This is why this happens. Because when we start pursuing Jesus, the enemy's gonna come and test what you're building. He's gonna test what you're going after. He's gonna test what you believe. And that's why you need endurance, right? So in that place, I, would, I, like, I wouldn't trade it for the world because Jesus shows up and I'm like, Lord, I remember yesterday just like dwelling on that truth, I'm like, I literally didn't ask for that, I was just pursuing you and I, I mean I was asking what was going on and i'm seeking him and i need I need answers and he just shows up in my room and does it like like he did it right so now when i'm encountering somebody or somebody has a problem or they're striving or they're they're being attacked in their mind or they're being attacked in temptation, then i don't need to bring a doctrine that i I've, I've I've heard somebody teach before right i don't need to bring and i'm not saying I, I will bring the scriptures, but you understand the scriptures brought me to a really awesome encounter with Jesus. You see what I'm saying? I'm reading the scriptures. I literally had just read Mark 7, and I just kind of read it and put it in my heart, and the Lord brought it up to confirm something in my life and to show me the truth about who I am, and that's what relationship with Jesus looks like. I remember the Lord would always say, he's like, Dylan, you know me by the spirit and by the word. It's not one or the other. It's they're, they're married together, Right? The Word is supposed to bring us to an encounter with the Spirit and the person of Jesus. The Word is always married together. You're never going to have, the Lord and the Holy Spirit is never going to speak something outside of His Word. He's never going to show you something that doesn't line up with His Word. Whenever I have a question, here's a good way, and I was thinking about this last night, is whenever I have a question, let's say that you have a question in your Christian life, what does your thought process look like? Think of, I want you to think about it personally right now. When you, let's say, let's say, man, I'm trying to think of an example. Let's say somebody said something to you, or let's say that they said something about the Lord. Okay, a simple example. Um, let's say that, let's say that somebody ha- is, let's say someone's struggling with sickness in their body. Um, and they came, and they said that. They said that they had a dream. Let's say that they had a dream. Let's say that they had a dream that. I'm trying not to, to like be facetious, but let's say they had a dream that they said um, an angel showed up to an angel showed up to him and said that man we can't have nice things Michelle. Let's say that we an angel showed up to him and said that. You know, God is teaching you something through this through this sickness, and then and then eventually you, you'll be healed. And they said this to you. What would what would your thought process be in your life? What would you what would you what would you think? Even if you didn't say anything, what would you think in your mind? Right, the Lord made you sick. So it's, let's say they were saying it to you personally, you right now. What would the, what would your thought process be?
3: Mm-hmm. Like, and then that would lead me to constantly question every single thing that I'm doing so that I could then yeah. mm-hmm.
1: Right, which, I mean, it, little thought right there. If what happened, if what, what was spoken to you, what you heard, automatically put your eyes on you, then you probably should question that, Right. If what if what you heard or what you thought or or what you read or what you're trying to grow in is putting all the eyes on you all the time, then it's probably not Jesus, because Hebrew says what we're about to read says it says looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. So when your eyes are on yourself, then you should probably question where that that voice is coming from, right? But so so let's say that somebody came to you with that. They came to you and they, yeah. So let's say that. So let's say that your. You're the person they came and shared the vision, they shared the dream with. They're the ones that are sick, and you're you right now. So what is, and this is what I'm saying, is what is your thought process? So let's say you question whether that is from the Lord or not, or you question, um, you're questioning just like, I don't really know if that's true or not. What What's your thought process as a believer? Yeah, you can answer. Right right? Is it biblical? Is it truth? Does it line up with the heart of God? So I was thinking about this last night because I, I had a question I was thinking about and I'm like, and the Lord's like, what are you doing right now in the way that you're thinking? And I'm like, what I think is I'm searching everywhere I can think of in every scripture I can think of that either lines up and agrees with what they're saying or disagrees with what they're saying. And I'm going through in my mind as much as I can to try to find the truth. And I'm like, this is what the Holy Spirit does, now, because I, I never actually put words to it. So it's like in that situation, I'm going, okay, that actually, because it's, it's hard for you to disagree with that, right? Because somebody says that they had a dream. It's hard for you to disagree with that. You don't want to hurt anybody. You're not trying to disagree with people. You're not like, we're not out there just trying to disagree with people. That's not our goal in Christianity. A lot of people think that, but it's not true. Right. So I'm sitting there. I'm going through and I'm walking through Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, Acts and the letters to the Romans. All of them. Right. I'm about to sing the song, um, the Bible song that you learned in Sunday school. It's so funny. I would always screw that stuff up. And then I would just be like, I could probably talk to the teacher and they're letting me get a piece of candy because everyone else is probably going to get one. And I don't want to be left out. And they're not going to let me get left out. So I'll just, like, I'll just talk to them about it. And Taya's just like, this is what's wrong with you. This is what's wrong with the system in America. That doesn't work in Norway. I'm like, you're just not like that. It, might act, it probably does work in Norway. You're just not like that, Taya. <laughs> so it's just funny to me. Um, but, so I'm searching the scriptures. And I'm, trying, I'm literally putting it on trial in my mind really quickly. And I'm saying, all right, Holy Spirit, what, what agrees with what they're saying and what disagrees with what they're saying? Because the life of Jesus doesn't line up with that, right? Jesus never said that ever once in his life. He never said that, oh, God's putting this on you to teach you a lesson. God's showing you something. Or when the, when the time comes and you're perfected and you're humbled, then now God is going to heal you. I never heard Jesus ever say that. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So there's another scripture that backs it up. And then John, first, or John says, chapter 1, verse 18, no one's ever seen God, but the Son has declared him. So I was like what we're getting our picture of I'm like I'm lining it up in my scripture I'm like man that doesn't really line up with with what you're saying holy spirit and then the lord will start to bring truth to you and speak truth to you do you understand I'm walking with a person and I'm letting the word bring me to an encounter with the with the person Jesus right I'm not it's not one or the other I'm not just and what I think a lot of us do is we encounter a, a lie or we encounter um a thought or an identity thing that comes against us personally, right? Like you're like, oh, this is who I am. And what we do is we try to sit down with Jesus and we go, okay, Holy, like Holy Spirit, show me the truth. And we think that he's just going to drop a saying in your mind, which he might, but you understand he's going to bring you truth to, to, to solidify that truth in your life. Does that make sense? Because what I think we do is a lot of times we're trying to hear the voice of God out here instead of letting him speak it through here. Because once he gave me all these scriptures to, to either disagree or agree with what that person's saying or what I've heard, then he's solidifying it by his voice and he's saying things to confirm it, right? So in that vision that I had in the middle of the night, the Lord says, here's the scripture, shows me the scripture and then confirms it with his voice. Does that make sense? That's why the Holy Spirit speaks what he hears because he's, he's, he's never going to speak outside of this right here. And that, and that protects you because you can always stand on this. And this is what's so sweet is it doesn't, with the voice of the Lord and that encounter with me, the, the, the voices, the thoughts, all that stuff didn't stop. But Mark chapter seven still says the same thing every time I open that page. Right? So every time I open that page, I'm like, man, it still says the same thing. That sucks. Because it's, I know I feel like this and I know I feel like that. And it's like, you want to believe all these other things. It doesn't suck. It's just awesome. But it's like, it sucks as for the devil. Like, it's the same. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't change, right? When Jesus says that that he healed everyone who ever came to him, that Bible still says the same thing. I can't can't change that, right? I can't change that based on, because it's like, I can sit there and say, okay, that might make sense with what I've experienced in my life. It might make sense in what other people have experienced, but I don't see that in the scriptures. And I'm searching it left and right, up and down. I'm looking for the answer in the word. And then in, that, in the answer in the word, Holy Spirit now comes and just elevates that and reveals it to me. Does that make sense? So that's what I'm saying is in a relationship with Jesus, you're not looking for doctrine to live from. Because when you get thrown in a situation, right, like you're the, you're the main breadwinner in your family, right, your wife stays at home and you lose your job, you better know Jesus. You better not just know that he's there for you, right? You better have to be able to say, okay, well, Holy Spirit, I know that I know that you're with me. I know, Jesus, that you saw this coming, and I'm not really, I, I could get super scared, and I could get, I mean, we got bills, we got all these things we need to pay, but I know that you are with me, and I know that you've been with me from from years past, and I've seen you come through so many times, and I and I know that you're here with me, so I know that you already got something lined up for me, right? It better not just be a, well, I know that he supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory, Right? Because I can pull that scripture all day long, but if I'm missing the person Jesus and the relationship that I have with him, then I'm going to miss what he has for me in that place. Does that make sense? Because I think what we try to do is we're, we're flipping, trying, like Michelle said, I mean, no, I'm not against what you did this morning, but we're playing Russian roulette with the, with the Bible or Bible roulette, and we're just saying, man, I hope I get a word right now. Because the word, and I'm all for that, but I want us to take that word and say, man, this is who you are, Right? Jesus, this is what you called us to. This is what you've given me, and it's taking you to an encounter with Jesus, right? That's what Jesus is saying in John chapter five. We don't have to read it, but he's he's telling the, he's telling the Pharisees, he's saying, you're, you're searching all these words. You're searching the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life. He's like, but these testify of me and you're unwilling to come to me that you might live. So what Jesus is saying is, he wants you to take those scriptures, take the truth, and bring it to a relationship with him. He wants to let that come to him so that you might experience eternal life knowing him, right? Let's say that there's something that, like, like the job situation. You lost your job, and you, you let Jesus, how do I say this? Your first response was him. Your first response was you know him and you rested in him and you let him speak to you. And it, you might not see anything change when you came out of the bedroom, but you let his voice and his presence and, and the relationship and you trusted whom you had committed your life to and who you forsook all and you're like, you're mine and I'm yours and what's mine is yours and what's yours is mine, right? Because you, you gave yourself to Jesus. You might have come out of the bedroom and nothing changed, but your heart and your posture and your understanding changed. What happens when that comes through and whether you get a new job or your job gets reinstated, whatever the case may be, that Jesus pulls you through that situation, what happens on the backside of that problem the next time something comes or the next time something happens? You're more aware and more assured that you walk with him and he walks with you in the confidence that you have because of the problem. Does that make sense? And that's what I want us to do is I don't want us to be Christians that live you know, 30 years going to going to church and coming to Jesus' church and then get thrown into a problem and respond like we have no idea who he is, right? That's why it's so important to make sure that we're sp- not spending, t- I mean, I want us to spend time with Jesus. I'm not trying to push you to do these more things or do more things, but I'm saying it's very important that we let the truth of God's word and the truth of what we're learning springboard us to a revelation and a relationship with him, right? Because that's the Holy Spirit's job is to to testify of Jesus. So what we've been given is so that we can respond, react, and have relationship with him and walk with him. Does that make sense? B, you want to complain? We're going to finish. We're going to pray. Look at that. That's the quickest I've ever preached for you guys. It's true. But Jared took my time, so... Hey, will you take that? Um, like I, and this is what I was feeling is I want in my own life and in people's lives, I want the reality of who Jesus is to be a lot bigger than everything else, right? Like I want, I want eternal life to be something that I experience and live in because I know him every day. Does that make sense? Eternal life is not just something I've committed my heart to. I don't just trust that I've trusted the truth of Jesus. I want to encounter and live in relationship with him. That everything I encounter, is always comes back to him. And I always come back to, to listening to his voice, encountering his person and letting that change me. Because I feel like, and this is what I, this is what I'm afraid of, is the more we hear good messages and the more we hear good truths, Because we haven't given ourselves to that pursuit of him, we pursue knowledge, then our knowledge turns and condemns us. And I say that all the time, but we pursue knowledge. We pursue knowing something instead of knowing someone, right? So then we're, we're, we're Paul in, in jail and we know Jesus and we know that, but we're, what we're really beat down and discouraged. Paul wasn't like that. And Paul knew more than we all know. So he must have understood something and encountered somebody. I was just reading it. It's like he was in jail and the Lord says, continue to preach this. It says that the Lord stood by him or an angel of the Lord stood by him or Jesus in, like showed him in a vision. Continue to preach what you're preaching, Paul, because he lived in a relationship with Jesus and Paul knew more than I do, knew more than you do, right? So it must have been his knowledge of Jesus took him to a, an encounter and a relationship with him. It's funny because when Paul talks about him preaching, or he's saying, I I spent, I got this gospel, I got this revelation, he goes, it came by revelation of him, came by revelation of Jesus. And it's funny because everyone's always like, Jesus came and taught it to him in the flesh. That's what I've heard people say, is like he had visions of Jesus, which obviously he did, and it's written down that he had that. But it's like, in the person of who he is, he understood entirely the gospel, in just person of Jesus. That's crazy to me. That The revelation of all what we just read, uh, Michelle, Tyler, all them guys, they right down the line. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, First and Second Thessalonians, 1 and 2 Timothy, everything Paul wrote all came by revelation of Jesus. So he must have been pursuing because when Paul was going on the road to Damascus, he encountered a person and he says, this is Jesus whom you're persecuting. So then Paul gave his life to a person so then he said, all right, I'm going to spend the rest of my days pursuing that person. And then in the revelation and the understanding of that person, I'm going to see who I am and I'm going to walk with him. Man, it's just like, what would our lives look like where we walk into school or a school board meeting and you're, you're carrying a, a history with the person Jesus instead of the knowledge of Christianity? Right? What would it look like in your business if you're carrying a relationship with the person Jesus. How would, you, how would you raise your kids? How would you do your business? How would you go to school? Instead of, oh yeah, I go to church and I think different than these people think and they need to think like I do. Instead of, no, I'm madly in love with the person that I live with and encounter daily. And I, I live in this constant encounter with Jesus and I get to bring that person into whatever scenario or situation I'm in. Right? I just want us to kind of change our perspective in just this little time I had is just to change our perspective of, I want our pursuit to be him. And it doesn't discount the word, obviously, I told you. It's like, my life is built in, the, in that Bible, and I love it. But I'm letting that word bring it to a, a reality of a, who he is, right? Like Jared read in pre-service, like Nehemiah talks about, he's, he's, he's quick to forgive, quick to pardon. He's slow to anger. All these things, I'm like, okay, Lord, this is who you are, but I don't want to just know that. I want to encounter a God who's slow to anger. I want to encounter a God who's quick to forgive, right? I want to know what your heart's like in that situation. When I'm, when I'm in the situation where I need patience, I want to know that you're full of it, full of patience, right? Because I I just don't want us as a church and as a body, and it won't be because I have a microphone. I won't let it happen, I don't want you guys to just come here and hear good messages from me or spend time in the word and spend time going to Bible studies and, and singing worship songs, but not encounter the person Jesus, right? It would be something if, if, if G- Jared or Tyler or one of our elders or somebody in the, just gets, Jared gets thrown in jail and he gets killed in a week and then we, we're meeting on next Sunday because he's a Christian, it would start to change our perspective of like, okay, are, are we just believing something? Are we just giving ourselves to an idea? Or are we giving ourselves to a person that we can trust that the, the fact that one of our, our friends, our best friends, our brothers just got killed, but he's with the Lord and we know the Lord, right? Like what would our life look like? Because that's what they lived in. That's what the, that's what the early church lived in was that revelation right there. It says they lived in a constant fellowship of the spirit and comfort of the Holy Spirit and a fear of God and realizing that they were his and he was theirs and that's all they need then, right? So then their next buddy gets thrown in jail and gets killed. What are they going to do, right? They're not getting mad at God. They know that they're doing it because they know something, right? People are not getting burned at the stakes and and thrown the lions in Rome because they had an ideology that was different than everybody else, right? They knew something that, they knew somebody and I want it to be our reality. I want it to be my reality. It's something that I've been pursuing for months. I'm like, Lord, I want, like, and the Lord spoke it to me this year. This year is a year of manifestations in that what we're believing, what we're pursuing is it's going to be manifest in our lives because we're going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, right? It's not just going to be a doctrine that we believe. So would you guys stand with me? This is what I'm going to do. <clears throat> You guys want to come up then? You, you, Michelle. We're going to, we're going to, I want to pray for the sick um, specifically. Because I feel like, man, I just feel like there's things that, that Jesus just wants to, to, to just take care of. And I want us to, to rest in that reality, rest in that, we just rest in, the, in, in his love for people and his, the person Jesus pursuing people. Um, I always say, I love it. Like when we worship, I feel like the Lord just like walks in the room and literally just receives and enjoys what we're doing. And that's what I feel right now is like the, the manifestation of healing and the manifestation of the power of God coming into someone's body. Is, the, is just the kingdom of God coming upon him and Jesus is that king. Um, so I'm gonna specifically pray for that. Is there, um, is there anybody that has, man, I feel, is anyone, str- is not struggling, but is there any problems with somebody's ear? Oh, <laughs> I was like, you got problems in your ear. Is there ear? Anyone has an ear problem? all right if you don't, but I feel like there's some specific, and I don't feel like I'm wrong. I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be, I'm not arrogant. I just really feel like that's something specific. So um, if that's you, that you have a, I don't know if it's an ear infection or just problems in your ear or hearing, um, specifically probably left ear. If that's you, I just want you to come up and we'll pray. Is that you? Okay. So you're good. Michelle can pray for you. Or Tyler, I guess he had the word. He'll pray for you. Um. What a yeah, and and um the other thing I felt specifically, and don't just let me say specifically, and then those people come up. I want if you have anything in your body, I want you to come up and pray. Um, and then I felt felt like somebody had struggles with like on and off um, headaches and migraines that come on them and then come off. Um, specifically, it just feels like pressure on the top of your head. Is that anybody? But it's kind of intermediate. It doesn't just come. It's not, it, you might not have one right now, but it comes and goes. Is that anyone? All right. Um, if that's you, just come up. All right. Don't be, don't be a chicken. <laughs> I'm just playing. But right now, um, let's just, if anyone has any prayer, anything that they need prayer for, um, like Michelle said, I don't think it's specifically, it doesn't have to be just be physical healing in your body. Um, maybe it's a mental healing or um, something like causing your emotions to go whack or whatever the case may be. Um, if that's you, I, I feel like there's a lot of them. So could you guys just come up right now, and then we'll start praying, and then I'll pray for the rest of the people. So if that's you, just come up. Um, any any prayer at all, and yeah, you can start. Um, I, but I feel like there's some specific some specific things that people have been, um, dealing with that they, um, are just kind of living with. So don't let that happen either. Okay. Don't just live with, with, with problems. Okay. But other than that, let me, uh, let me just pray for us. Um, yeah. Stand for her in proxy. Okay, so, like, as if we're praying for you, but you just let her know when you get done. When we pray, just text her and let her text them and let them know that we prayed for them. Okay. Um. And if anyone else wants to, but also if anyone else just wants to receive the person Jesus, maybe you've believed in a doctrine or believed in an ideology or whatever, um, but you want to encounter the person Jesus. And be saved, right? You're you're giving your life to a person, and he's coming and taking over your life. That's what that's what the, that's what salvation looks like. Um, if that's you, just come up and we'll we'll pray with you, okay? But everyone else, I just want you guys to close your eyes. Um, yeah. Um, anyone else? Just close your eyes. Um, Jesus, I just thank you for just man, just pursuing um, just pursuing us with the pursuit that you have for us and that you've had for us from the beginning. I thank you, Lord, that you want to reveal yourself more than we want to see you, more than we want to encounter you. Lord, I just thank you that there is a um, just a hunger in us to encounter the person Jesus. And Lord, I just thank you for just continuing in Um, for just giving us faith and and endurance that continues to 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 receive what you've paid for that we have endurance and patience Father to pursue and not lose hope not lose sight of what we've been given not lose sight of what you've done for us Father and that you're going to continue to encourage us and settle us and stand um, or or continue Settle us and let us be able to stand in what you've given us. And Jesus, we just, uh, we really love you. And we're thankful that you're just going to continue to reveal your love to us personally. Man, not a corporate setting, not a corporate gathering, but man, Jesus, when we're by ourselves, when we're eating our, our breakfast in the morning, when we're driving in our car, that the reality of God is going to become so big and so real to us, Lord. God, we just thank you so much for, um, man, for just wanting to reveal yourself to us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys are... um, You guys are dismissed. We love you guys. Like I said, if you have any prayer, I want you to come up. B is going to continue to play for a little minute and then um, go after it. So you guys are awesome.